everybody, this is Sean. This is Kevin. And we are here with our third episode of Shot by Shot. This is also the final episode of our inaugural conversation between me, Kevin, and co-host Brian Stelfries. In the previous two episodes, we analyzed some of our favorite comic art. And in this episode as well, we're diving into the film side of things. But we have some hilarious stories. So Kevin, regarding film, you're not just an appreciator. You've worked in licensing with film companies and directors as well, right? Yeah, and so this in this episode, we'll talk a bit about my first foray into licensed properties, which was uh, the Boondock Saints film franchise with uh, Troy Duffy, who many of you may have heard about before. Uh, and we'll also talk about um, some of our other favorite film stuff, as well as one of our more recent books, Kill Whitey Donovan, which is Brian's first toe in the water with editing. So he co-edited the book with me. So a lot of fun stuff left in this in this last episode. All right, everybody, please enjoy. Luke Besson, when he did the uh, the professional, you know, and I, I sent this uh, watching the movie not too long ago. But like one of the things that I thought was just so good, and uh, kind of Natalie Portman at the time was just this sort of savant actress, way beyond her age. Uh, but there's a scene in the movie where like she walks up to Leon's door, and it's this little girl, ridiculously vulnerable walks in and when she walks past these guys she understands her family's being murdered <laughs> you know, and and walks up to this guy who's ostensibly a stranger walks up to his door and begs him to save her because those guys might be under the impression that she's from the other apartment and it's a scene that uh, that Luke Besson does where it's like this low camera angle and it's just a shot of her under her breath just saying, please, please. And it's just like this long, excruciating shot. And, uh, and I, I remember seeing that shot for the first time and going, somebody help this girl. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was just, just so brutal. But, um, but then what he does, he ends the shot with this light of the door opening kind of like going over her. And, uh, and and I thought that that was just such an amazing choice rather than to show the door opening, to show this light kind of bloom on her. And she kind of like does this kind of smile of relief through her tears. But, uh, but to me, still to this day, every time I watch the, that movie, that's one of my favorite shots of, uh, of all times. And, and the choice to hold on this girl just with this raw emotion just pouring out of her, which is just so cool. That's a great movie. I'm surprised it's not remembered as fondly as like Tarantino's old movies. I remember watching that movie and just being like, Oh my God, this is Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman has like Nick cage levels of absurdity that cross over into like amazingness. Yes. Yeah. And, and that was like, uh, I think for that movie, that was the first movie that I kind of realized that this Gary Oldman guy was a thing. Like his character was coked out throughout the entire movie, right? Oh yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah well, he was he was like um, either coked out or there were these pills that he would take. Yes, and he would take the pills in the most elaborate, like 
cicada breaking out of its shell. <laughs> <laughs> and you realize, oh, he's taking this pill and this demon is coming out of him after he takes a pill. So it was just like really just good, good, good stuff. But like when we were growing up, that's when you had the studio system taking these like weird avant-garde voices and giving them so much money. And that just does not happen today. Oh, no, 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 no. It's, it's like, well, and, um, and, <laughs> that's because you get face off. They, 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 yeah. they got, they did it and they did, they got face off. So <laughs> yeah. Face off is not a bad movie, is it? <laughs> no, it's not. But it's a guy that, that didn't need that much money. No. And it, and yeah. it, it, it screwed shit up. Face off is like, you could tell when you're watching face off that they had steaks and scotch on the crafts table. I mean, they, they just were just setting the money on fire. <laughs> yeah, right. And I think, I think a lower budget would have yielded a better movie in face off. Yes. But, uh, well, and it, and maybe it would have gotten two actors that you could believe good trade faces. Well, it was originally supposed to be, I think Arnold and Sylvester. I think those were the two initial actors they had in mind. And then eventually it went to Travolta and Nick Cage. Wow. <laughs> uh, one of the coolest things about, uh, about Face Off is, uh, is I remember the movie came out during Dragon Con. So a bunch of us just all got together, you know, one of the nights of the show and went to see Face Off. The worst thing in the world is to have a stack of comic book artists watching a just mad, crazy action film. And I remember um, when the boat like started flying and (laughs) the two actors like in just like 50 feet in midair kind of like falling the whole front row of us got up and raised our hands (laughs) wait 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 brian who else was there we need to know let me see uh i know um like rob haynes was there the entire gaijin studios uh was there i think uh tim townsend uh, was uh, was there? But that would it was, be like Adam, Jason, Cully, Carl. Yeah, yeah, and it Tony was Tony Harris. Yeah, just completely insane. That's that's one of the um one of the cool things about the studio is uh is I I remember one day and it's just middle of the day we're all in there working and Carl comes in late one day. Carl comes in and Carl says, "Hey man, we got to go see Equilibrium," and we're all like, "What?" And he's like, we got to go see Equilibrium. I just heard an interview on NPR. And we're like, oh, what's Equilibrium? And he said, gun kata. <laughs> and we kind of went, okay. So we just sort of put our pencils down and all jumped in the car and went to the uh, theater that was right down the street. And, and it was like they had the movie waiting for us. <laughs> you know, just walked in and the movie started. And and we just lost our minds you know, watching watching that movie because it was it was the same kind of good bad as uh, as Face Off. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's funny little side story. I got a call from my manager or agent one. I can't remember what was it, the movie they did. He did Kurt. Uh, it was Kurt Wimmer. Was that his name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kurt Kurt Drama. So. His next film was going to be Ultraviolet. And yeah. um, so I got this phone call with uh, who was the actress of that? Mila Jojovich. Uh, 
Yeah. Mila Jovovich, yeah. So they're like, look, we want you to do the Ultraviolet comics. This is the director of Equilibrium. Ultraviolet's his next movie. It's got Mila Jovovich. And I think like Jason Pearson was doing a cover. And so they showed me some concept art. And they're like, we want we want you to produce these comics. The the kicker was I just had to pay for everything. Like they would they were gonna give me the license for a small amount of money. But I was gonna have to pay like you know f- to do everything, so they showed me like they sent me a DVD of the rough cut, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, oh that's where they messed up." <laughs> yeah, I was like, "If you wouldn't have sent me the movie, I would totally have jumped in on this." <laughs> but now that I've seen, this is not gonna. This is this is gonna be a bomb. Uh, <laughs> what a <laughs> no offense to Kurt, wasn't a good movie. But uh, I'm so glad I got to see that DVD <laughs> before I signed on the dotted line. <laughs> that was her fighting vampires, right? Uh, yes. Well, but they were like synthetic vampires. All right. Hemophages. <laughs> Brian, I, I love you so much for remembering that verbatim. That's a memory, man. <laughs> oh, man. I just remembered watching that movie and uh, and – she was stealing something or walking down some fashion runway hallway, you know, and uh, and she gets to the top of, of a building and this gang of, of like well-dressed Japanese gangsters show up and say, we are the blood chinois. <laughs> <You know? laughs> they're in a circle around her, all pointing guns at her and they start shooting. <laughs> and I'm like, so you guys have never heard the term circular firing squad and you don't know what that means. <laughs> so she just moved out of the way and they just killed each other. <laughs> that was yeah. $30 million in 2006. Ooh, yeah. really? Yeah. More than what did it think. make? What did uh, it make? What? The 15? box office was 31.1. It made $1.1 million, but figure in marketing, it probably was. Operating so it lost a 15. Loss. Yeah. Yeah, it's a huge loss, fifteen million dollars at least. Yeah, uh, and, oh, and this will be for another episode down the line. But I have to tell you guys about my Boondock Saints getting the license for Boondock Saints, and after doing the contract, getting told about you got to watch this documentary called Overnight about Troy Duffy. Has anybody here seen that? Have you guys seen? No, that no. Documentary? Okay, so that's your assignment is to go and watch. <laughs> The documentary called Overnight um, about Troy Duffy's The Making of the Boondock Saints. And then, mm-hmm. and then Step Inside My Shoes, where I had I loved the Boondock Saints movie. Uh, and so I got the license for Boondock Saints through my buddy, now buddy, Evan Matthews. That's how we met. Um, and then after I did the deal to do the Boondock Saints comics that Troy was going to write, that I got a phone call, or I was telling a friend about it, and he's like, Oh, the guy from Overnight? Well, I don't. What is Overnight? It's a documentary about Troy Duffy. Like, really? He's got a documentary? Like, you haven't seen it? Like, no. You're working with a guy? I'm like, yeah. I I mean, he's like, I had a conversation with him. He's really nice. Okay, well, I'm going to send you my DVD. You should watch this. Like, can you get out of this deal? Like, that was the conversation. (laughs) And I will qualify this by saying that Troy Duffy was a. Absolute dream to work with. I had no problems at all with Troy. He was great. But when that DVD arrived, 
and I went downstairs and watched it. I went back upstairs with my wife, and I'm like, man, I have fucked up bigger than <laughs> you can ever. Like, I have fucked up so bad. This is probably going to end everything. <laughs> I have made a terrible mistake. Wow. I have made a terrible... Like, our kids can't go to college now. So, <laughs> so please watch that documentary. before we'll, We will talk about this at a later date. Uh, write my name on the tablet of shame and give it to all businesses. Is this the same hey, uh, guy who also had a band that was on the verge of blowing up and his movies and his band imploded at the same time? Oh, dude. Everything imploded. <laughs> everything. Okay. Like, I, I did not know any of this. Is, this was the days where he sold. God, we're so off topic. Like, he wrote the script. The Boondock Saints, and it became a bidding war among all these studios. And Harvey Weinstein, who, as we all know now, is just a gem of a person, uh, but <laughs> he was the hottest film studio in Hollywood for independent kind of movies. And Troy was a bartender at the at this bar in L.A. Harvey bought the script with a deal being that he would buy the bar that that Troy. Where Troy was bartending, he would buy the bar for Troy. That was oh Troy. My God. Yeah, and it was crazy. So it was supposed to have like you know Al Pacino and all these superstars in it and all that, and and so it made like front page of all the newspapers, uh, all the trades out in Hollywood. Like you know Troy Duffy signs this giant deal, hottest movie script in Hollywood, and it was. And and I will say, I mean, when the film was made. It was you know, two, uh, vigilantes, basically, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's Norman Reedus and Sean Flannery, Sean Patrick Flannery, who are both the most fantastic people I've ever dealt with in, in Hollywood. But they were only in that movie because it all fell apart. And so, it, so like, Troy, you know, like, I always kind of, like, tell people, like, like, I have 12 gauges giving me bloody fingernails, like, you know, crawling up the hill. Uh, but Troy is personified like what I went through, like, cause he was where for me, 12 gauge was like a passion project that I love. He was fighting for his life to get this movie made and wow. it all fell apart on him and he had to bring it all back together. And it was just like this crazy, insane, uh, thing But I, but uh, you know, for him, like, I think the best movie he could have made was because it all fell apart. You know, he, he got Sean and he got Norm uh, and Billy Donnelly, like, you know, it was supposed to be all these gigantic names, but it ended up with these guys that were just sort of like hanging around and they made this fantastic film. So imagine if say, say Brian and Doug and I were all great friends and we started 12 gauge, right? So like, that's a true story. And imagine if Brian and Doug, because of shit I did that they hated my guts and <laughs> For what you know, for whatever it fell apart, right? Over like this year, it fell apart. And Brian and Doug were filming me, and then they sold the movie of me being the biggest dick on earth for a year. (laughs) (laughs) So everything that I did, where I was a dick, and the stupid things I said, the stupid things I did, um, and they hated my guts. So they made that into an hour and a half movie of me being a gigantic douche. That is overnight. Wow. That's the wow. Anything that ends with Willem Dafoe can't be that bad. 
Oh, look. Look, and and I, I my experiences with Troy have been fantastic. Uh-huh. Like he's an artist. He's uh, he's passionate. He's emotional. Uh, you know, there's a lot of guys I deal with that, that uh, are that way. I mean, you know, some of my best friends are that way. I mean, I, artists are different. And, 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 you know, we talked about how I let artists run with things. Yeah, you know, like I was an artist who realized I wasn't good enough. Like, you know, when I have a double minor in art, you know, I took art classes forever in college. I had a double minor in art and, and I was always being told, no, like you can't draw comic book stuff. You can't draw this. You can't draw that. Um, so I appreciate what artists bring to the table because they've always been told, no, like comic book art has was shit on until like what, like the last you know 20 years, like nobody appreciated it at all, uh, yeah. outside of people that loved comics. So for me, when, when I'm going to bat for an artist, it's because, you know, deep down, I always wanted to be a comic book artist. I just wasn't good enough. Like, you know, maybe if I had stuck with it, possibly, who knows? I don't, I mean, like, I don't think I was. I found my, my strengths were in other areas. Uh, but I'm going to support an artist because I know what it's like at the end of the day to have a professor look at your drawing or your painting and say, oh, that's comic book art. Troy was was trying to do something that was personal to him, and you know he got crapped on all over the place. Like he had roadblock after roadblock after being given his dream. So anyway, I I, I respect the guy like crazy because he he made one of the ultimate cult movies. Like it was it in the you know the nineties and the two thousands. Columbine happened too. So he had two guys in trench coats shooting people in the back of the head, and then Columbine. Yeah. So he gets the movie made and then that happened. So like so no theater will show it. So it went basically direct to DVD and uh turned into the the top you know it, it may have changed recently. Hell, they don't make DVDs anymore, but it, it for a long time it was the top selling DVD uh ever direct to DVD film. Uh, so you got to respect the hell out of that, that that he made something that resonated with people. All my dealings with him have been you know, really good. But that 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 scared the shit out of me when I watched it overnight. Anybody that's watched it will understand why I freaked out. But yeah, you know, pulling back on it, it was you know basically like you had two good friends who turned on you, and they had been filming you for a year all the time. You know, oh, I stay stupid shit. I know everybody else does uh, to some degree, and and you would hate for that to be thrown out to the world. And it's 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 in the edit, man. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if Sean wants to, he can make us look really bad tonight. I'm sure. I I will make you all look beautiful. You'll be angels. What's coming out for you guys in 2020 that you're excited about? Uh, I'll jump in first and say, like right now, like currently coming out is, which will launch in December, is Kill Whitey Donovan, which is a Civil War kind of action adventure story, female driven uh, written by a good friend of mine, Sydney Duncan, a story about this pampered, her dad was a doctor. She's engaged. Her father family owns a plantation in Alabama during the civil war. And she finds out that a really horrible thing, her sister commits suicide and leaves her a note as to why she did it. And, And her whole life has changed. It was bad enough that her sister committed suicide, and now she understands why, and it's because of her fiancé. And the only person she can turn to for help is the slave named Hattie that she sort of grew up with from when they were like eight years old. 
and they're you know and they're in their twenties now, and she makes a deal with Hattie. Her her fiance is often uh, fighting for the South, and he's in Atlanta. She knows where he is because he's written a letter that she's recently received. Sherman's marching towards Atlanta, and she wants to kill the motherfucker before <laughs> anybody else can. But she can't do it alone, so she gets Hattie, and she says, "Look, I'll be your cover. I will I will break you out of the Donovan Plantation." And we'll go to Atlanta and we will kill this guy that ruined my life. And then I will help you get north to freedom. And uh, this, the book's coming out right now through Dark Horse. The first issue sold out. When my friend pitched me this story, because this was supposed to be a novel, like an actual novel. And I convinced her to do this as a comic book. And I called Brian and I said, what do you think about this story? And, you know, Brian kind of, flip for it and said how can i help and i'm like well will you edit will you help me put this together and so this is i think right brian this is your first editorial kind of oh, uh, yeah yeah with, with without a doubt and uh and when kevin came to me with the uh with the story and and truth to be told kevin said the title first and i was in <laughs> you know, i was just i was just 100% in. I was like, okay, cool. That's a book that, that, that we should do now. What, what is it about? <laughs> you know? And, uh, and then I, I, you know, sort of, uh, read the, uh, read the pitch and, uh, and I, and I thought it was really fantastic. But, uh, but at the same time, I knew this girl, Natalie, who was, uh, an animator, but I think her calling was illustration and comic books, but she was, kind of uh, paying the rent doing uh, doing animation. And, uh, and I thought, and the perfect project needs to come up uh, for her. And, uh, and I, I didn't think that doing superhero comics would be like the best kind of use of her talents. But, um, but when this book came into the, uh, um, into the sites, I was just like, oh, I know the perfect artist uh, for this one. And, uh, and, you know, I pitched it to her and she was immediately uh, interested in a, uh, and and Natalie just just did a fantastic job. So it's it's her first uh, comic book, but I think uh, I think it's going to be kind of the uh, the first of many from her. Yeah, it's an amazing book, and it's uh, it's ballsy. It's flourish and unfold with every issue. So yeah, can, kudos to you both on that. Oh, it was it was just a just a really yeah just just absolute fun project, and uh, and and the nicest thing is. Um, Natalie's sending me pages and uh and I mean it's it's kind of like this is her first comic book but the pages that she's sending me I'm like god people who've been working in comics for 20 years can't do some of the stuff that you're uh, that you're doing here so uh, so it was just I think it was like the civil war chaos scenes where I was just like oh dear god this is chaos incarnate like the way she's able yeah. to capture that anarchy is borderline perfect Oh yeah, yeah. So, so and and um, like Kevin said, it, it's just a, a fantastic read. Um, it uh, it's it's got that kind of southern kind of gothic quality to it, uh, and uh, and it's again, you know, two two women who have been wronged, <laughs> you know, and uh, and they've kind of just made the decision. Okay, we're we're not going to just sit here and take it anymore. We're going to, you know, we're going to do something about it and what they have to go through and, uh, and, and the strength 
that they have to really explore within themselves to get to the end of the story. It's just really fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Of all the books that I've either produced or published over the years, this has been the hardest one to see to fruition. A little backstory, like we were, you know, a part of a little, little group that we get together to see movies and sitting with local author here in Birmingham, Birmingham, Alabama, where I'm based she was sort of telling me about it. I'm like, man, that's just so cool. And, and we had dinner and beers with this group and we went to see, I think it was suicide squad. And we were sitting there watching the the trailers and I'm like, what, this should be a comic book. This should be a graphic novel or a comic book. You know, it's, it's so like, it's, this is a 12 gauge thing. Let's do this. She was like, what? It it was, you know, uh, uh, the creative team was a white author. And then I called Brian. I'm like, and the, and the title was just Kill Whitey. That was that was it. And I, I called Brian and I said, you know, I heard this pitch last night. I cannot get it out of my mind. I just think it's a great story. And he was like, oh, my God, I love it. And, you know, of course, I told him, like, I was thinking about calling it Kill Whitey Donovan. And Brian was like, yeah, I'm in either way. This is great. <laughs> um, and I said, well, who do you, th- you know, who do you think would be a perfect fit for this as an artist? We need to find somebody to draw it. So and he mentioned that. And he's like, you know, this is the perfect fit. And so we have a, and, and Natalie's white, so we have this quite creative team. And so we got some pushback from people. Like, I mean, I, I, I sort of bounced it off because I was a little concerned about, you know, the title's provocative, you know, the, 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 it's a, it's a female, you know, driven thing. And, and, but we got pushback. I mean, we had people that told us you shouldn't publish this uh, in this current format. Like you need to, you need to find a different artist. You need, you know, you, you can't have, uh, this creative team is just not right. But uh, and Brian was like, no, this is the perfect creative team. So once again, I trust the the people that that I know that create good shit. And we did it. And uh, when I sent it out, and I, I I've never done this before either. It's probably a bad marketing idea on my part. But I've, I've never really sent books out uh, for feedback. I sent it to Reggie Hudlin. Sent it to Eric LaSalle, who I worked with. Uh, previously, I stayed, stayed in touch with this great guy, sent it to um, Dexter Vines because I, I wanted to get some feedback from you know, the black community on, hey, this is a story that's, you know, there's a there's a black female is the star. Hattie is the star of this story. She's not the inciting incident, but she is the character that we're following. Like, and you, you come to understand that around issue two. But it took us about two years to actually get this book from idea to being drawn to actually getting published uh and i'm so happy with how it's turned out like words cannot describe like when the first reviews came in and they were like eights and nines and tens i'm like oh thank god it's such a relief yeah uh, for me (laughs) because you just don't know because people are a lot more sensitive today uh, than they were five years ago um and i'm not i'm not picking on anybody I, I get like, I mean, I think a lot of things that are coming up right now are, are it's like way overdue to me. And, you know, and I, and, and I understand that there's like, you're a white guy. You can say this. Um, I'm trying not to get into politics here, but like you should, if you have a story to tell, you should be able to tell it as long as you are being genuine and you're being truthful and your emotions are real. It's your story. Tell your story. And like Sidney Duncan had a story to tell and, and kill Whitey Donovan. And, you know, that's what's important. What's what are these characters about? And she had a story to tell, which was of of women 
breaking uh, all of the shit that's been put on them over these years, right? I mean, from from the very beginnings of time, women have been shit on. And uh, especially during, like, the time of the Civil War, you know, women's place at that point in time was, you know, you're going to be in a position that you can't rise above. Anyway, I'm, I'm very proud of it. I'm, I'm so happy that Brian thought of it the same way I did, which was it's a, just a great, entertaining story, and it has a message, and it's great for girls to read. It's a, it's a YA, you know, like, like, like a, you know, 14, 13, 14 and up. We'll call it teen. Was that? Yeah. yeah, teen. Yeah, exactly. M- much like a lot of the other um, books that, uh, that we've done over the years, which I think is kind of cool, is that we we do the books and hope the audience finds the books rather than right. designing a book for a specific uh, audience, doing stories that pander to whatever the audience is. I mean, it's it's just about everything we've done has been, do we think this is cool? And uh, and then just put it out there, and and hopefully other people will uh, will think it's cool. But it's uh, oftentimes when the ideas kind of come out, it's like, well, this doesn't sound like <laughs> you know something that people are ready to buy right now. But but we're so interested in doing it that uh, that we'll will actually uh, kind of do it. And and that's that's the thing that uh, that Doug and I kind of love is the fact that. We're like, hey, here's a crazy idea. What do you think about this? It's like, well, we can do it at 12 gauge. <laughs> you know, so that's, that's kind of uh, it's, it's kind of nice to to have that uh, that outlet. And uh, and I think Kill Whitey is like a, a brilliant example of that. And uh, and one one of the things that that drew me to the story immediately was this sort of dichotomy that you had of this white woman who is honestly just weak and in the story she has to become strong and you have this black woman who is strong but she has to learn to control herself uh throughout the story and and they they balance each other off and their influence on each other make them both better people which i think is is just such a beautiful story with these characters yeah yeah, they evolve across each issue, and then you really see at the end the future for Hattie is really interesting, and like I, I can't wait to tell more of the story. But you know that that's what it's all about—like telling stories with characters that 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 haven't been done before. And let's be honest, nobody was knocking down any doors to tell Civil War. Stories. I mean, it's, it's stupid. It's not a big. It's not a big comic book genre. <laughs> no, no, it's it's untapped market. The Civil War era. Wow, uh, so stupid on my part. Um, that, that's why. Uh, and a quick shout out to Megan Walker at Dark Horse when when I, I I'm like completely cold reached out. Like I got her name from a friend and uh, reached out to her, and she was like. This sounds awesome. And she really championed the book and, and helped get it out uh, with, a, with a larger platform. And, you know, and, and the reviews have been good. And so really happy. And the, the other little thing, since we're going on to like volume three of this interview now, I did make a little tease. I always do like a year-end 12-gauge post. Like you're, you're, it's one of those top nine Instagram things. Uh-huh. And I, I put together a little collage of things that we did, like we've been working on this year that we'll 
be coming to fruition in 2020. Like, so cool things in 2019 and a couple of things to look forward to. And if, if you, if you go back on our Instagram, just 12 gauge comics, uh, or I'm sure we put it out on, on all the socials, Facebook and, and, uh, Twitter, the just 12 gauge comics, uh, uh social network. Uh, there is a little, tw- uh, Brian Stelfery's piece right there in the <laughs> middle. Uh, so, so, so Brian's got a thing and, uh, he and Doug are working on and, uh, it is cool as shit. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's about all i'll say about it um really really excited for people to see that too and hopefully uh um depending on how it all comes together over the next you know six months or so uh, when uh, you'll dude, see I, i've been having an absolute ball with it I, I i i gotta tell you i can't wait to uh to kind of put the whole thing to bed i mean it's 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 doug has written like a fantastic story it's the collaborative process on the whole thing has just been so much fun you know sort of i guess this is the the announcement of there will be an announcement at some point (laughs) (laughs) it's just kind of like that facebook post like i know something that i can't tell you uh, but yeah. yeah, that's what this is. <laughs> yeah, at, at some point, Kev will put up the the tick 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 tick. <laughs> you know? right. The dominoes will fall into place. Thanks everybody so much for listening. This was from our first conversation, which lasted a good two two and a half hours, and that's why we split it into three different podcast episodes. But going forward, we're going to have tons of great comic book guests. And so for next week, Kevin, who do we have? Next week, we have Daniel Warren Johnson, which is a really exciting for me because the first time I've actually talked to him before, he's an amazing creator. I love Daniel Warren Johnson because he kind of straddles the line uh, between Otomo, the creator of Akira, but also some Mobius. So he, he's this nice conglomeration of all these international influences, but... At the same time, Duke can just make a batshit crazy battle scene. Like, there's so much going on, and your adrenaline just spikes over his two-page spreads. Yeah, and we're going to talk about his Wonder Woman story coming out right now through DC Black Label, which is kind of mind-blowing when you think that it's an actual Wonder Woman story that uh, may not be in canon specifically, but actually could happen with that, that character. And he and he really took the Wonder Woman character in a new direction, which is, uh, is fresh and exciting uh, for me. I've read the first two issues and really loving it so far. Yeah, Wonder Woman Dead Earth is, uh, it's badass. I don't think there's any other way to describe it. He does this reinvention of Cheetah, and she has mouth hands, and I can't get over it. You guys have <laughs> way more intellectual things to talk about. I just want to talk about mouth hands. Exactly. So make sure you join us next week for that.